You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. Glory to Jesus. You're all welcome this morning to church, the place where God is. <laughs> Mighty God, we appreciate the Lord. Do you appreciate the Lord? Glory to God. You're all welcome. And I believe that God has already imparted so much into your life. Do you believe that? Amen. Let me see. How many people were not here for faith to faith? You were not able to attend maybe due to one reason or the other? Raise your hand. Let me see. Okay few hands just a few hands so the rest of you are here my goodness all right this nation will never be the same again Amen. I bring you greetings from Pastor Sam and Pastor Grace they, they really enjoyed their time with us and they said man what did you do to these people they are so hungry <laughs> They are so hungry for the word of God. Isn't it true? We are hungry. I think we're the hungriest people around. <laughs> because I don't know any church that will sit down, people sit down and listen to the word of God for two hours in the city. Do you, do you know any? Huh? It, and they say it's still not enough. They still want more. You see, to many people, let me say this, to many people, church is just a social gathering where people just come for social reasons and all of that. But this is a spiritual place. It's first of all spiritual. The church is, is a spiritual institution. Do you get me? It's a spiritual institution, so it must start from the spirit. Yeah. It must start in the spirit and it must finish in the spirit. Yeah. So, and that's why we do not apologize for who we are and how we do things. <laughs> we don't need to apologize. Yeah. If you want real social, go join Rotary Club or Lions Club or one of those places. They are very, very good social um, organizations. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but if you want your destiny to be changed, if you want to walk in God's purpose for your life, if you want to be empowered to deal with the things that are to come, then you need this. Touch someone say, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Amen. Amen. So, I have been listening to the messages from faith to faith. Do yourself a favor, either by podcast or get the CD. Make sure you digest everything. Amen. You know, because some people, it's like, uh, um, they think they've heard. But by the time you listen again, then you say, wow, I didn't... I, I didn't get that. When did he say that? 
But it was said. And you will find that as you continue like that, going the extra mile, that's where the blessing is. That's where the blessing is. And that's the kind of attitude you should have towards every word of God that you receive. You go back to it and you find ways to apply it in your life. Yeah. You have to be able to apply the scriptures. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. And I know your time is precious. You don't want to waste it. Okay? Yes. Glory to God. We're going to go into the word of God now. I want you to stretch your hands. Pray for me. Come on. Just pray. Just pray. My Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, I want to share with you on what I titled the positive energy of faith. Now, you need to, you need to understand that faith is so, so vital. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So, if you are going to live a successful Christian life, you must understand faith. And you must know how to walk by faith. You must know how to walk by faith. You know, must know how to apply your faith to whatever situation you are faced with. If you don't know how to use your faith, I'm telling you, life is going to be very miserable. Yeah, it's going to be miserable because you cannot walk with God without faith. Remember in Hebrews chapter, um, chapter 11 verse 6, it says, um, He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder uh, of those who diligently seek him. It says, without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. How many people want to please God? Then you need faith. You need to understand faith. You need to learn to walk by faith. I once heard somebody make a statement and was making a mockery of faith. And this is a preacher. How do you make a mockery of faith? What are you preaching? What are you preaching, making a mockery of faith? It shows that you don't understand. And you're supposed to be a smart guy, smart, educated, biblically educated. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. I don't want to say what is on my mind. Yeah. So you cannot make a mockery of faith. Why? Because how many people know you cannot attract what you mock? Yes? 
It's not possible. So once you begin to mock something in the spirit, I'm telling you, you begin to repel. Begin to repel that thing. And there's no amount of chasing. No, no effort you put in that will make it come to you. Hallelujah. There's no effort you put in. It will not come. Amen? Amen. So, in life, we're told that um, if you remember your science class, how many people, come on, you remember, you went to, you did some science, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. Energy is the capacity of doing work. Correct? Yeah. That's what they tell us. How many people? You remember that? Yeah, the capacity of doing work. So we talk about the positive energy of faith. There is a positive capacity of doing work that faith has. So if you put it to work in your life, it doesn't matter the situation. It's going to work. It's going to work. I'm telling you. And God, in case you don't know, God is full of energy. Sometimes when you hear energy, some people try to monopolize that word. And it, it, the, 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 the new age try to take it and, you know, they want to own it. Someone say, energy. What's pastor talking about today? What are we dealing with now? Yeah, but it's simply the capacity of doing work. Hmm? And do you know that the word of God works? The word of God has energy in it. And it has the capacity to do work. So if you look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible tells us, for the word of God is living and powerful. Huh? It is what? Living and powerful. It's full of power. Yes, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's the word of God. Can you imagine? Just you think it's just mere words. But no, the word of God is a living entity. So that's why Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. And hearing by the word, the word of God. So when you're hearing the word of God, there's positive energy that's coming into you. There's positive energy that the word of God brings into your life. I'm telling you. If you will take time... I don't know, how many of you use audio Bible? 
Sometimes you just play it in your car or in your room. Do you notice that as you listen, something happens inside you? It, and, and this is not like trying to be spooky and flaky, whatever. No, this is for real. Yeah, this is for real. So in the realm of the spirit, the word of God is a spiritual material. It's substance. You know, in, sci in science they told, us, they told us that matter is in four states. You remember that, right? Come on, what are the states? This guy says it's three. <laughs> Who can disprove him? They told you it's three. Okay, they need to be upgraded. There are four states. There are four states of matter. Now listen, there are four states of matter. There is solid, yes. There is liquid. There is gas. And there is plasma. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, there is plasma. And the point is that the word of God will work on all states. Faith is effective in all states of matter. It's effective in all states. So you need faith. If you are going to live the kind of life you were born to live. Yeah. And that's why Satan will do all he can to destroy your faith. A lot of the attacks you face is actually targeted at your faith. Okay, maybe Satan doesn't like the way you look. Because you are in God's image. Okay? So you remind him of his arch enemy. So he doesn't like that. But he's not attacking you because of your face. He's attacking you because of your faith. Persecution comes for the word's sake. That's what the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 4. Remember the parable of the sower. Maybe we should go there. Mark chapter 4. Jesus was talking about the different types of soil. Amen. Hmm? Amen. He says to them from verse 13 of Mark chapter 4. He said to them, now he had given this parable and his disciples came to him to ask, Master, what is the meaning of this thing you are saying? So he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then, how would you understand all parables? In other words, this is the ABC of parables. And you don't understand ABC. What kind of education do you have? Okay. And then he says, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Yeah, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside 
where the word is sown, when, when they hear, Satan comes. When? Tomorrow. Next week. Immediately. When they hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So, for Satan to steal the word, to take the word immediately, what does that tell you? No. Where is he? He's in Japan. Huh? So, as I'm talking now, if you are not careful, he will steal what you are receiving immediately. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Immediately. Can you imagine that? So in other words, it is safe to say that Satan comes to church. Because if it's going to be immediate and you are in church, how can it happen immediately without him being around? Now, don't give me that, that look as though I'm speaking heresy. Because if Satan could go into heaven when the sons of God are presenting themselves right there in heaven and he goes there huh? what makes you think he, won't, he, he can't go to church so don't let religion blind you do you understand yeah so he is hanging around somewhere of course, he's not omnipresent, but, you know, he's got his, his uh, entire system in place, his structure, targeting every single one to ensure that what is spoken does not settle in your heart. Yeah, he comes immediately to take away what? The word. That is what brings faith. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, if he takes the word, where will faith come from? You see, why does he target the word? Because of your faith. Because of your faith. Let's read on. Read on. Read on. Okay. Then, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Come on. They receive it. Hallelujah. I believe it. I receive it. Talk to me, pastor. Preach it. That's good preaching. <laughs> so they receive it with gladness. Then next, let's read on. Just keep reading till I stop you. Okay? And they have no root in themselves. Notice, they receive it with gladness. But they have no root. They have no root in themselves. So endure only for a time. They endure only for a time. Afterward, when what? Tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. Can you see? So, you receive the word with gladness. Oh, that, that word was for me. God sent this word to me. 
I receive it immediately. But then, no roots. Hmm? Can you imagine sowing millies on the roadside? Are you going to ha get a harvest? That's how some people's hearts are. Okay? So the word of God has so much power, so much energy in it. But it appears to be ineffective. Faith is so powerful. And we heard over the weekend, last weekend, of how you can move mountains, how you can pluck out a mulberry tree just by faith. Just by faith, you speak to a mountain. Can you imagine? Move, relocate Table Mountain to Joburg. I wouldn't mind doing that. Because those Capetonians sometimes... Huh, how can they have all the good things of life? Huh? Just put a C in Joburg. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, but the point I want you to see is that uh, tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake. And when it arises, notice it says immediately they stumble. Let's read that in the Amplified. See how the Amplified puts it. Okay. It says, then when trouble or persecution arises, on account of what? The of the word. They immediately are offended. Become displeased. Indignant. Resentful. And they stumble and fall away. There is nobody that gets offended. Without the involvement of the enemy. He knows. He knows if I allow this person, this person has received so much word, this person's faith has been built up so much, and this person has become dangerous. If this person is to continue like this, something is going to happen. So let me cook up something that will cause offense. And by so doing, abort the process. You see? Why? Why does the enemy work like that? He works like that because he's threatened by you. He knows what you carry. It's just you that don't know what you carry. But he's not ignorant. He knows what you carry. He knows the amount of energy you have. <laughs> he knows the energy of your faith. He knows the capacity of your faith. He knows the power, the rate at which work is done. 
by your faith. He knows it. He knows it. So what is he going to do? He will find ways to offend you. And when offense comes, it doesn't matter what the person has received. It's all gone. And how many people know offense is not positive? It's negative, right? Offense is negative. But faith is positive. The word of God is positive. Hallelujah. So, they tell us, science tells us that every... Um, every what's the word now? Okay, the, ev- every atom is made up of positive, yeah, protons, and what? Electrons. Protons are positive. Electrons are negative. Right? There are neutrons that are neutral. But the, the protons are positively charged. Positively energized. Do you understand? The electrons are negatively energized. So in life, what happens is that Satan is going around with some electrons. Negative charges. Negative energy. Hallelujah. And he's releasing them into your life. So offense is one of those. Hallelujah. But you see, faith is positive energy of God. So, but for it to be effective, it needs some electrons. Yeah, because without the negative, I mean, you, you can't hold it together. Do you get what I'm saying? Without the negative, you can't hold it together. So without the negative forces, the universe cannot be held together. So in your life, when you see negative, see it as an opportunity to release the positive. Hallelujah. And that's what births the miracle. That's what births the miracle. Because if everything is positive, guess what? They will repel each other. That's what we're taught. They will repel. Or if everything is negative, they will repel each other. They cannot attract each other. But when there is a negative, hallelujah, you see any challenge, see it as an opportunity. That is an opportunity to release the positive energy of faith. Opportunities for a miracle. Do you know, do you know that if there are no, um, if there are no crises, there will be no miracles? There will be no miracles. Yeah. For God to manifest himself as Jehovah Rapha. 
there had to be sickness. Yes? He didn't just wake up one day in heaven and say, I'm Jehovah Rapha. There's no sickness in heaven. So he doesn't need to be Jehovah Rapha in heaven. He doesn't need that. He uses his energy in heaven for other things. Creating new galaxies and, you know, Milky Ways and whatever. But, you know, he is, he, I mean, he's using it for something. But on earth, every negative situation is an opportunity for faith. It's an opportunity for faith. It's an opportunity for faith. So, I want you to look into your life. What are the negative situations in your life? Begin to target your faith. Begin to, begin to release the positive energy of faith. Hallelujah. See it as, okay, those are electrons. <laughs> now I need to release some protons. And that's your faith. Is it making sense? This is not rocket science, right? We're not, it's not advanced level. This is the ABCs. Yes. But you need, you need to understand that. Yeah. You need to understand that even for your life to be stable, you need some challenges. You need some challenges. For your true potential to manifest, you need challenges. Oh, pastor, why are things so hard? Why is it that every time I have to keep fighting, I have to keep... Because God can see Amen. what he has invested in you. Amen. He can see the faith that he has given to you. And you know, the interesting thing is that faith, we all begin with the same level of faith. Every single one. We start life with the same level of faith. According to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Hmm? Let's read it in the King James Version. No. King James. Authorized King James. <laughs> the King's Version. The original King's Version. It says, For I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You see, there's a definite article there. The measure of faith. That means there's a particular measure of faith you begin life with. God gives everyone. Yeah. I know some versions say a measure of faith. No, 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 no. It's different. A measure and the measure is different. The measure with which we all start. God gives every single one. But it's up to you what you do with yours. Okay? So you can say, oh, pastor, your faith is so great and all that. We all started the same. 
What are you doing with yours? Hmm? Are looking for positive charges. And that does not exercise your faith. For your faith to grow, you need negative charges. <laughs> Amen. So I want to demystify challenges. And I want you to see that challenges are actually opportunities. They are actually opportunities. They are disguised blessings. They are disguised miracles. But by the power of faith, by the power of faith, you can change things. That's what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. They just couldn't understand. This man, what, what planet is he from? I, I want you to know that Jesus started with the same measure of faith. Because he was 100% man. Although he was God in the flesh, the Bible tells us in Philippians that he emptied himself of all his divine attributes. Or else he would not have been able to be killed. Yeah, you can't kill God. Where will you find him to kill him? Yeah, you can't kill God. God cannot die. So he had to be a man. And for him to be a man, he had to walk by faith. He had to walk by faith. He had to learn faith. He started as an infant. And he grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Let me tell you, the more of the word of God you have in you, the more the positive energy you release into your spirit. That's why now I'm careful what I listen to. Not everything can get into my spirit. Why? Because I don't want to add more. Society alone is, is negative. Do you get what I'm saying? It's negative on its own. So I don't need more negativity. Yeah. And there are some of us, we still need a, a shift, a paradigm shift in our minds. Because we are still in that negative frame of mind. Where everything positive comes to you, it becomes negative. How do you do that? Hmm? Every opportunity that God brings before you is now seen as a negative. How can you do that? That's a, that's a sign and a wonder. <laughs> yeah. You have the ability. I mean, how you can transform a proton into an electron, I don't understand. How do you do that? Okay, anyway, enough of that. Let's look at a scripture. I want you to see one scripture. I was, I was meditating and this scripture came to my mind. See this miracle Jesus performed. Okay, in Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 from verse 22. In Mark chapter 8 from verse 22... Then he came to Beth Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Just touch him. Jesus, there's enough energy in your hand. There is enough energy in your hand. Just touch him. 
Just touch him. That's what you are supposed to carry. Yes? So he took the man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hand on him and asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Hallelujah. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And when he was restored, he saw everyone clearly. Amen. Then he said to him, uh, he sent him away to his house saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell anyone in the town. Question, why do you think Jesus did this? They said to him, come and touch this blind man. Right? In town. They are in town. Touch this blind man. Jesus holds him and takes him out of town. Hallelujah. He takes him out of town and there he spat into his eyes. Come on. <laughs> yes. But then, after that, he asked him, how do you see? What do you see? He says, I see men like trees. And he ministers to him again. And he says, how do you see? He says, I see men like men. You know what, what happened here? The Holy Spirit brought to my attention this, this miracle. What happened is that the, the negative energy in the city, in the form of doubt, the doubt in the city was going to neutralize that man's faith. The doubt in that city and Jesus did not try to confront the doubt in the city. Do you understand? He knew. Look, this faith, I need to use it for other things. Yes. Because why? In every city, there are authorities in the spirit. And he knew this one is beyond this man. Yeah. 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 It's another level. I'm not ready to engage at that level. Yeah. So what does he do? He takes him out Ooh. of the town. Are you getting the point? Yeah. He takes him out of the town and then he releases some protons into his eyes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And then 
the guy begins to see. But he's not seeing clearly. So you can see that it is a chronic condition. All right? The man's faith was not at the level. So Jesus had to make it a process. Some people say, well, but why can't my healing just happen like that? Bah! Instantly. There are instances where Jesus ministered to people and their, their, their healing was progressive. This is one of them. And besides, there's a difference between a healing and a miracle. Yeah. A miracle is instant. And that's why the gift that works miracles is called the working of miracles. Yeah. The working of miracles. That gift works. But healing is different. It's a process. Hallelujah. So Jesus takes the man out, right? By the hand, led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, put his hands on him and asked him if he saw anything. Do you see? Can you see anything? Open your eyes. Out of the town. And he looked and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and he saw everyone clearly. But look at the last verse. Huh? Verse 26. Then he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town. If you are going to keep your healing. Can you see? If you are going to keep your miracle, don't go back to that place. Go home. Jesus, come on. Somebody say, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, Jesus knows what he's doing, even in your life. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He says, don't go into the town, nor tell anyone in the town. So that means everyone in the town is an agent of doubt. Can you see? It's an agent of doubt. There are people you interact with that will make you doubt God's word. There are people. If I look back in my life, there are people I can see like that at some point. I remember the first time I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I was speaking in tongues. I was excited and I went to meet this man of God. I told him, look, this, I, I received this gift. I've been, I fasted, I prayed, God gave it to me. You know what he said to me? He said, you know, it's not for everybody. <laughs> ha! I just, I just kept quiet. I realized I should not have told him. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are there not people you tell, oh, well, church was so powerful, God did this. And then they say, (laughs) (laughs) 
They will just, just, just punch your faith. Yeah. I'm telling you. There are people like that. So Jesus is telling this man. I'm telling you, this is the first time I'm, I'm noticing this. The Spirit just opened it up to me. This is the reason why. So some people are friends. <laughs> but they won't help your faith. There are some family members who won't help your faith. I'm telling you. I know who to share certain things with and who not to share certain things with. You learn with time. You can't be naive. Hello? Because the energy they carry is different. They have, they have, uh, they, 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 they have uh, neutrons. They'll just neutralize your faith. They just have a way of neutralizing what you are excited about. You are excited. God has done this in my life. Can you see this? I've been around. <laughs> I've seen them all. Yeah. I've been around. I've seen them all. I've seen the best of the best. They're all the same. Yeah. Oh, you come, you say, well, you know what? Since I started tithing, this started happening in my life. Then they say, does Bill Gates tithe? <laughs> yeah. Or, or who does he tithe to? Stop saying all that. So immediately you know where to place them. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. You must have compartments for people yeah. in your life. Yeah. yeah, I have compartments. I have people. That I have people I know where they belong. You belong in this class. I love you from afar. Yeah. I don't hate you. I love you. But from a distance. I cannot fellowship with you at the same level. Why? Because every time I fellowship with you, I notice that my, my faith goes down. You don't need an angel to appear to you and tell you things that this person is not a good person. For your faith? Yeah. You need to know. Yeah. Huh? Or you listen to some people and by the time they finish talking, and these are preachers, yeah. by the time they finish talking, you are not even sure what to believe anymore. <laughs> I often say the Bible is so simple, you need an expert to complicate it for you. To confuse you about it. It's so simple. Just read it. I mean, what's complicated about what we've just read? Isn't this simple? But wait until somebody comes from the town. When, when somebody from the town comes to you. <laughs> when somebody from the town comes to you and starts talking before you know it. Was that really a miracle? Huh? Am I really seen? Huh? Am I delusional or something? 
You're not sure what to believe. I'm telling you. Those are some of the ways Satan robs people of their miracles. If he can rob you of the word for your faith, what will he do about your miracle? You think he will just say, oh, shame. She has gotten it. What do we do now? No. He will send someone from the town. The instruction, Jesus says, neither go into the town, nor tell anyone in the town. What kind of instruction is that? Don't go into the town. Don't tell anyone in the town. In other words, if the town comes to you. Yeah. Because when you refuse to go to the town, the town will come to you. And so when the town comes to you, he says, don't tell them. Huh? Say there's wisdom here. Yeah, there's wisdom here. It's not everything you tell everybody. I know you are very generous. It's a good spirit. But be wise with your generosity. Hallelujah. Be wise with your generosity. Out of your good heart, you think everybody's like you. And you are excited. You say, oh, since I started going to this church, my life has changed. This is what is happening in my life now. And you know, I, I mean, I'm growing spiritually. Wait until you will see their true colors. Those are town people. Say town people. people. Beware of town people. people. Yeah, you must beware. You must beware of town people. So you want to keep your positive energy of faith. You cannot afford to ignore this kind of instruction. Oh, we, were, and we had faith to faith. It was life-changing. My goodness, revolutionary. Just don't tell a town person. How do you know a town person? You, will tell, you can tell from their reaction. From their reaction, from their response. How they respond to what God is doing in your life. You know that some people don't even want to hear you testify. Yeah. Some people don't like your testimony. You think everybody likes your testimony. But some people don't. Because they are town people. You would think that, okay, these people, you know, this is a miracle. That Jesus will now use to get into that town. You say, okay, this, this, is, this is proof that God's power is real. That the kingdom of God has come. You think, you think Jesus doesn't know? He knows better. Hallelujah. Amen. Not everything. Not everyone. 
not every place is good for you. Did you hear me? Not everything, not everyone, not every place is good for you. It's good for your faith. It's good for your miracle. Telling you. The sooner you learn that, the better for you. It will save you a lot of heartache. Hallelujah. Should I give you another one? (laughs) You guys are hungry. Okay, let's look at Matthew 17. Another miracle. Say, Jesus is too much. Hallelujah. He is too much. He's too wise. He's too all knowing. Hmm. Here that we see is the spirit of wisdom that is working with him. John chapter 17. He says, And when they had come, what did I say? Matthew 17, verse 14. Matthew 17, verse 14. When they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, what? Faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. (laughs) Faithless and perverse generation. So the other miracle we looked at is the town. Here is the generation. (laughs) Can you see? Here it's a whole generation. May God save our generation. It's a whole generation here. Hmm? Bring him to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. All right? Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Say, I I like that. They came privately. (laughs) You know, these guys have been parading themselves as, yeah, we are the the, the apostles. We are Jesus' assistants. Deputy Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. And I'm sure Peter will say, I'm deputy number one. But so they will not come in public. Yeah. They come to him in private. Yeah. Master, hey, this was so embarrassing. Wow. Why couldn't we do it? Why could we not cast it out? And look at what Jesus says. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Ha! 
So he's repeating what he said in Mark chapter 11. He's telling them again. Why could we not cast it out? Because of your unbelief. Now, do you know the difference between doubt and unbelief? Let me help you understand. Unbelief is when you've had faith before. So in other words, you had faith. But then whatever happened, something happened and you stopped believing. That's unbelief. It's different from doubt. In fact, unbelief is worse than doubt. It's worse than doubt. The Israelites could not enter the promised land because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. God hates unbelief. Yeah. He hates unbelief. So there are many of God's children who have, they have experienced God. And they have received the measure of faith to start life. But they choose unbelief. And that's a major disappointment to God. So Jesus is telling them here that listen, it's because of your unbelief. So you are casting him out, you are casting the demon out, and you are wondering, ah, is it going to go? Will it happen? Will it not happen? Ah, how do we do it? Jesus is not here. Ah, no. That's why Jesus called them faithless and perverse generation. That is a strong word. How can you call them perverse? Huh? Do we, let's check that in another version, maybe amplified. Faithless and perverse generation. Hmm? He said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, that is your lack of firmly relying trust. For truly I say to you, no, 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 not the same verse. Verse 19. Huh? Verse, verse 17. Jesus answered and said to them, O you unbelieving, what? Wayward, rebellious, and thoroughly perverse generation. <laughs> Say, that is not my portion. That is not my portion. Amen. Yeah. He said, how long am I to remain with you? Huh? Do I have to be with you all the time? Huh? If you see somebody in the mall and the Holy Spirit says, go, pray for that person. Do you need the pastor? Just do it. Just do it. My friend, my friend sent me Send me a video from the um, um, from London. This happened like two days ago. They went out. He just decided to take a team to the mall and they went they were just praying for people. And he says the miracles that broke out. Wow. Oh my word! He was trying to take videos and his phone was full. The memory was full, so he was upset. That this is the wrong time. People are walking out of wheelchairs. Wow. Hallelujah. Wow. 
they can do it, you can do it. Amen. 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 These guys, apostles. A demon did not respect an apostle. Can you imagine that? They're trying to cast a demon. The demon said, who are you to cast me out? I'm not going anywhere. I've been here long enough. This is my home. Where do you want me to go to? Hmm? And because of their unbelief, they told the father, maybe this is God's will. I'm just, <laughs> that's my version. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's not the right time. You know, God understands, God knows. God's time is the best. Maybe the demon will go out tomorrow. You know, come back tomorrow. Come to the miracle service when Jesus is around. You know, and uh, the water is stirred. You can put him into the pool. Every kind of excuse. The, the truth of the matter is, with, that, with unbelief, we cannot see the power of God. So we need to come against every unbelief in our generation. Amen? Amen? Let the positive power of faith be released into this city. Yeah. Hallelujah. We cannot afford to allow this city, the atmosphere of this city, to kill people's miracles. Yeah. We cannot allow, we cannot afford to allow the media to kill our faith. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah, you need to make up your mind and say, I'm going to be strong in faith. I'm going to be strong in faith. In fact, there will be positive charges coming out of me. When I walk past people, power will hit them. Power will hit them. When I lay hands on the sick, power will flow. Hallelujah. There will be energy. The word of God, my faith is going to be effective wherever I go to. Yes, you need to begin to think like that. Begin to think like that. Begin to believe that. And that will be your experience. Because God has commissioned us to raise an army in this place. Amen. That will change the face of this nation. Amen. I'm telling you, and we will do it by the supernatural power of God. Amen. Amen. This is not church as usual. We have to be people, men and women of faith. And power. Men that will speak and conditions will change. Things will be changed completely. Hallelujah. Men that will raise the dead. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Immediately we will see miracles in the streets. In the streets of Midran. Hallelujah. When I was preaching in Marysburg, I saw a vision. A full truck. A truck full of wheelchairs and crutches. And the Lord said to me that that's what is going to happen through you. Those are your trophies. Hallelujah. Those are miracles that will happen through you. Not necessarily through me. Through you. Hallelujah. You will come with buckets full of wheelchairs. And say, here are my testimonies. The, the, the exploits of my faith. The exploits of my faith. Are you ready for that? Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want you to begin to tell the Lord, Lord, I want to be strong. Yes. I, you, you already have the faith. Let me tell you. You don't lack faith. You have faith. But you just need to use it. 
You just need to use it. Look for negative situations and begin to release those positive charges. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.